Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. We're looking at 2 Timothy, and uh, we started a series about a month ago looking at this letter written to Timothy, who was in many ways a spiritual son to the Apostle Paul. And uh, this letter in particular is one that we can see written near the end of Paul's life. And uh, it was this entrusting to Timothy the things that Paul really felt to be important. It's kind of that beside the deathbed kind of interaction of saying, Timothy, this is what I really want to encourage you in. These are some things that are really important. If there's anything you learned from me, this is what I want you to take hold of. It's that final entrusting of, a, of values and, and beliefs that Paul felt was important to Timothy. And so over the, the past four weeks, we've looked at some different topics, some different areas that uh, Paul was challenging Timothy in. But today we're going to look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 15. So we've got a bit of a passage to read uh, this morning. So I'm going to read it all, and then we're going to look at a few points that are drawn from this passage. Are you ready? Upstairs, you ready? We are. We are? Okay, good. <laughs> yes, I like it. The excitement in the room, the anticipation. We're going to read the Bible, the Word of God. Woo! Okay, there we go. Smiles. You know what I love is seeing smiles again. All right, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 to 15. But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Okay, it doesn't start out too encouraging, but nonetheless, we'll get there. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power. Have nothing to do with such people. They're the kind who worm their way into the homes and gain control over gullible women who are loaded down with sins and are swayed by all kinds of evil desires, always learning but never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so also these teachers oppose the truth. They are men of depraved minds who, as far as the faith is concerned, are rejected. But they will not get very far because, as in the case of those men, their folly will be clear to everyone. You, however, you know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecution, suffering. What kind of things happened to me in Antioch, Iconium, Lystra, the persecutions I endured? Yet the Lord rescued me from them all. Sorry, from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evildoer, evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know uh, those from whom you have learned it. And from, how, from infancy, you have known the Holy Scripture, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All right, here's a big passage of Scripture, so we're going to look at it in its fullness this morning, and uh, hopefully God challenges us in what is being said. And so I'm really going to title, kind of a subtitle, we're in a series titled Entrusted, but as a subtitle, this is a passage of instruction for believers in the last days. 
Correct? I believe when we look at this passage of Scripture, we see a picture of what life looks like today around us. When that, we went through that list, that fast list I kind of hammered through, I think we wouldn't have to look very far to see the world around us. In fact, it's kind of a description of what life looks like in 2021 in the world that we live. And I'm sure there's an element of this that was also at play at the time that Paul wrote this to Timothy. But very much so, we do not see that mankind is improving and evolving to become nicer and and more beautiful people. Uh, In fact, evil and and the, the heart of mankind to pull away from God is getting more and more severe on one side which is causing this contrast. And so I would, when we look at this passage of Scripture, in the fullness of what we read this morning, we see a picture of two, two opposing sides, two, a contrast of two different pictures. And so this instructions, I believe it's an instruction for us as believers today. And very much when we look at this, it says, in the last days, I believe we're in this period in which this passage is written. And so I want to start by looking at this. The first instruction being, being aware of your surroundings. You see, when Paul says, look, mark this, mark this, take note of this. There will be terrible times in the last days. People will be like this. And he begins to give this instruction or or this picture of what the world around us will look like. Now, I don't know about you, but have you ever traveled to some place that's not your homeland or your home environment and discover that you don't know the street smarts or the, the uh, you, you know, you don't know what to look out for. Um, I, if you're going on a, a walk in nature, as an example, uh, there's parts of the world you've got to be really wise about that, that process. I think I've talked about going for a walk in nature in Canada and seeing big bear signs and realizing I wasn't equipped to handle the bears in, in kind of the, the mountains of Canada. But I know we've got some friends here from Africa, and there's parts of Africa you would want to be just a little bit wise about the environment you go out for a walk in, you know, the wild animals and, and people that might want to hurt us or those sorts of things. Or if you go to certain inner cities, um, you want to just be careful about the environment. Now, what's the point of this? Paul says, look, I, I, you need to be aware of your surroundings. The, this, this picture that we live in in this world. Why? Because for all of us, we can grow up in an environment that this is normal. In the last days, this is normal. This is what's going to happen. We grow up, we, we have a family, we have a, a situation where this is the, the, the pattern of this world. And so we grow up thinking that this is completely normal. And when we journey through as believers, we need to be aware of this environment that we're living around us. The way of life that we see. Even people that seem religious, you know, they might be, might even be churchgoers, but they're not surrendered to Jesus. Having a sign of godliness, but denying its power. It's clearly this picture of people that they might all, they like the traditions of church. I I mean, we see that also also at Christmas, dare I say it, where we like the the traditions of coming to church and and singing the Christmas carols, but deny its power. We like the tradition, but we don't want the power. We don't want the life surrendered to Jesus. And so we can live in this environment where we think this is normal. This is the way it is. False teachers, influencers that, that would lead people who always want to learn but never want to surrender to Jesus. 
I mean, in the world that we live with internet and YouTube, I mean, there's so many influencers. It's funny how the terminology, it's not false teachers, it's influencers, YouTube influencers. The people that change the viewpoint of society and young people because of what they're communicating on a daily basis or on a weekly basis in their YouTube channels. And we can watch it and we can think, yeah, this is really good. I want to learn this. I want to grow in it. But at the end of the day, it's not leading us to Jesus. It's leading us to a false understanding of what is true. Paul says to Timothy, have nothing to do with such people. Now, I, I want us to be careful with how we understand what Paul is saying. Because does that mean that we all now need to separate from this world and live in a, some kind of commune and, and we're, we're all just going to separate? We're going to bunker down until Jesus comes back. I don't think that's what Paul is saying because Paul never lived this. You see, have nothing to do with such people is a, is a challenge for us, and this is what Ruth was sharing last week, is being careful of the company that we keep. You see, we can be influenced by the people around us who are pursuing other things other than Jesus. And they can get into our lives, and those people can have voice into our spirits. And, and if we're not careful, those people can lead us astray. If we've looked at the last four weeks so far, we've seen that Timothy is being... Uh, People that Paul worked closely with have been drawn away from the faith. They're drawn away from standing in their convictions. And, and Paul again is just saying, look, be careful not to allow these, these people to influence you. Have nothing to do with them. Don't, don't allow them into your inner circle or your, your world. Don't allow them a voice in your life. However, I do believe we're still called to reach them. And so there's a difference, okay? There's a difference. If we are there to be the light and to be the salt and to, to reach them for Jesus, that's, we're on mission. It's one thing to go into a pub and, and shine for Jesus. It's another thing to go into a pub and get drunk. Correct? You can love people to Jesus, but it doesn't mean we need to be like them. Jesus loved people to, to himself, but he never was like them. He didn't allow the prostitutes and the tax. Jesus wasn't a tax collector. Can I just say that? Jesus never engaged in the activities of the people he was reaching. He just loved them. He was careful, though, in the input they had in his life, wasn't he? He surrounded himself with people who were on his side, as it were. And so the same for you and for me. Beware of your surroundings. Know that there is danger lurking around us if we're not careful. We go to work, we have neighbors, we have friends, we have got family that have different values, have different belief systems, and we have to be careful of the influence that it has in our life because we're called to live for Him. We're called to be separate. We're called to be surrendered to Him, and that is not the same as the world around us. And so Paul says, look, be aware of your surroundings. Be aware of it. This is the last time. It's not going to get better. It's going to get worse. That's just reality. And so we need to be aware. The second thing, though, we can see as we keep reading through this passage is understanding there's a cost. And so if we've got this contrast of, of the world pursuing the things that we've read in this massive list, and we're called now to follow Jesus, which calls us to go like a, a salmon going upstream. We're, we're, going, we're fighting against the grain. We're going against this this overwhelming thought process to the world around us, there is going to be a cost to do that. Correct? And so when we look at verses 10 to 12, we see this. It says, You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, my faith, my patience, my love, my endurance. I mean, this is a contrast to the list we've seen just before it. Right? 
The, the list before talks about lovelessness. We, we talked about this boastful, proud, lovers of money, this disobedience, this uh, unforgiving, slanderous, no self-control. And then Paul saying, look, you know my life, my faith. I'm living a life on purpose. I, I'm patient with the people around me. I'm, I'm loving. I'm enduring what God has called me to do. But also I'm facing persecution and suffering. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch and Iconium and Lystra? The persecution I endured. Yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, everyone who wants to live a life, a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. Now, can I just say, that's the... the the, the bit of the gospel of following Jesus that we don't often like talking about, do we? Can I just say that Jesus never said following him was going to be easy peasy. Can I say that? You see, serving Jesus always comes with a cost. The people around us will not always support our decisions to follow Jesus. Esmeralda was talking about her family. I don't, I'm not sure if they're believers or not, but the reality is those closest to us even don't always get the purpose or calling that we have. To live a life of integrity, to, to be people that share our faith. In our life groups, we, we prayed a prayer of boldness, didn't we, this week? For those of you who are part of life groups, we're praying that prayer of, Lord, help me to be bold for you. I tell you what, that's a dangerous prayer because Paul says, look, I, I live this life that's set apart for the Lord and, and actually that brought persecution. In fact, everyone who wants to live a, life, a godly life will be what? Persecuted. Now, I tell you what, that's a challenging perspective because this, this, this uh, self-preservation that I think our old nature has of wanting to make sure that life is as easy as possible is challenging when we're bringing that thought process that persecution will follow those that give their lives to Jesus. Jesus, again, said, never said it would be easy. In fact, he said the very opposite. He said, look, if they're rejecting me, they're going to reject you. Did he not say that? No, did he not say that? If they rejected me, they're going to reject you because of me, in you. He, that's the part of following him. It is, it, there's a cost to it. However, he did say, I will help you through it. I'm going to send my spirit to empower you, to strengthen you, to give you the, the words to say in the voice or in the, the face of opposition. I will empower you. I will help you through it. But you will go through it. Can I just say that Paul had a choice all the way through his ministry to be persecuted or not persecuted? Do you know that? You see, Paul could have chosen a different path right from day one. He could have given his life to Jesus, settled into a nice little life group in his home church, and never did anything. But something in him propelled him to be a light, to stand for what he believed, to, to, to be a, an ambassador of Jesus that he talks about, that the world around him would know that Jesus came to save them, and not everyone wants to hear that. And so Paul chose the path he took, and, he, and we see some of his other letters to the churches. I mean, he endured a lot of persecution, more than any one of us will ever endure, I'm sure. But he understood what it meant to follow Jesus. And I think for us, one of the challenges we have in the West is we don't live in a context to be a believer is illegal. Some of you may have grown up in an environment, I don't know, we're from different nations in this place, and maybe some of you have faced that in your place you've come from. But I know I grew up in Canada. And in Canada, it's not illegal to be a believer. 
And I know in England it's not illegal to be a believer. And so we have a challenge that the cost of giving our lives to Jesus isn't very high initially. And so I believe it's intentional when Paul's talking about this list of not conforming to the patterns of this world and what we see the patterns of the world to be. The challenge is as believers is to live a life set apart for him. That we open our mouths when we should open our mouths. That we, we stand for what is right. And the pushback we get is different than being put in jail, being beaten, being, being murdered. Or The pushback we get in England at least is a bit different than that. In fact, it can be still, uh, it still can be opposition though, can't it? People don't understand. We can feel rejection. We can be isolated. People may not want to sit beside us at the, 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 at the counter at, at lunch, at, at the office. You know, those sorts of things happen to us. However, do we still need to follow him in that place? Yeah, we're called to be a set, set apart for him. To be bold. For Jesus to be different and see what happens when that takes place. Paul says, look, you know me. To Timothy, you know me. You know the life I've lived. It will happen. It will happen to you, Timothy, as well. Now, again, they were living in a different context. But I can tell you what, this passage of Scripture would ring a lot truer in parts of the world today as well. Standing for Jesus. I, I remember when, uh, I, I say in Canada there's not persecution to be a believer. I, it's partly true what I just said. I, I remember years ago we took a, a team from our church, a group of young people. We went to French Canada, uh, to Quebec. And uh, we took a team there and we, we uh, spent a, a week ministering in a couple different churches in French Canada. And uh, we heard stories of young people who had grown up in church or in families that when they heard, when the families heard that they were becoming Christians, not Catholics, Protestants. When they were, for them it was a rejection. Some had to leave their families. Some, well, we had a youth event. I remember speaking at a youth event and some of the kids in the youth event had to sneak out of their houses because their parents would not allow them to be at church, but they came anyway. I tell you what, it was very real, their faith. It was a high cost. The family were rejected. Again, some of the, our friends here from Europe, maybe it's just like that in some of your European countries, that to be a, a follower of Jesus in a non-Catholic church, actually there's, a, there's a, an aggression that can come with the family that they don't want you to step across a certain line. So it can still happen for us in different ways. Now, at the very end of this passage, we have verses 14 and 15. But as for you, I, I, I like this, how Paul transitions it from the world around them to you know me now you right you see the progression of thought this is the world this is me but now I'm entrusting something to you but as for you continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of because you know those whom you've learned it and how from infancy you've known the holy scripture which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus but as for you but as for you, I tell you what, there was this challenge for Timothy to take his stand. Paul had been taking his stand his entire uh, journey of following Jesus. But it was now, but as for you, Timothy, it's, it's your watch. It's your, it's your place. But as for you, you know what the Bible says. 
Right? There's three things he says. Look, you know what the Bible says. You, right from infancy, you've been taught something of Scripture. You know what it says. You, you've already learned it. So uh, you already know this aspect. I want to just say in that first point, do you know what the Bible says? But as for you, Annalise, do we know what the Bible says? You see, it's the Bible. It's knowing Scripture that will help us stand for the faith. Help us take the position we need to take. You know what the Bible says? You become convinced of this truth. How are we convinced of a truth as we've applied the truth? You see, it's not good enough, I think, in the face of opposition to say, well, I think someone once said this. You see, we become convinced of something when we've wrestled with it, when we push through, when we've, we've come to a position where I know this is true and I will stand on it. No one will move me off of it. No one will move me off of it because I know it's true. I know God is, is for me. He's not against me. I know he's called me to this. I, I know he's got a plan for my life. I know what his word says about healing. I know his word says about, uh, you know, the future and salvation. I know what the word says. And I've, I've wrestled with it. I've come to a conclusion. I'm convinced. And no one's going to tell me otherwise. You see, I don't think you burn at the stake as a martyr not being convinced of what you believe. Being convinced. You see, we need to get past just a, a kind of a, a general kind of uh, inch deep theological perspective to being convinced, knowing what the Bible says and being convinced of what it says in our hearts and lives. I tell you, well, that's the backbone we have. It's the plumb line. It's the thing that holds us secure when the face of opposition comes. The Bible says, look, when the day of evil comes, not if it comes, when it comes, when the opposition comes, when, when the people you work with don't like what you're having to say to them, when your, your family reject you because you're following a Jesus, when all those things come, when the day of evil comes, we take our stand, but we've got something to stand upon. We, we know his word. We've been convinced of his word. But also, we, it says, you, you know who you've received it from. It's, it's receiving that discipleship, the trustworthy people around us who have spoken into our lives, who have led us upon a path that is worth following. You see, for us, I, I think this is a theme throughout this whole, this whole series, is this entrusting. Something's being trusted to Timothy, isn't it? But as for you, Timothy, you need to continue on. You need to continue on. You need to stand up. You need to take your stand. You need to run your race. Don't let anyone cut in on you. This is you. Carry on. As for you, I believe this passage speaks just as much to you and I 2,000 years later. As for you, Tyler, you've learned what the Bible says. You've, you've, you've become convinced of this. You've been with people who've walked a journey before you and have, have taught you, but, but now you need to carry on in it. You see, no one can run your race, can they? I can't run your race, but as for you, you need to run your race. The baton is in your hands to not shrink back, to not conform to the patterns of the world, to not be timid in the face of opposition or persecution. We looked at that in our very first week. But to keep on, to carry on, to not stop. You see, God's called all of us to be a witness for him, hasn't he? When we give our lives to Jesus, we're, we're immediately drafted into a great commission. If you've given your life to Jesus this morning, I tell you what, you're part of a great mission. That the world around you would know the same thing that you just learned. All of us, without excuse, are called to the same mission. However, that mission, there will be challenges. 
There will be opposition. There will be persecution. And God said, look, you need to carry on though. In closing, I, I want to say this. We live in a fallen world. But our high calling is to be salt and light in this world. The Lord is on our side. And the Bible says, look, if you will lose your life, Jesus said, look, if you lose your life for my sake and the sake of the gospel, you'll find what life really is. I tell you what, it, this isn't just a, you know, a, a high cost story, but in laying down our lives, we discover what life is. I don't believe that Paul, in the midst of all that he went through, lived a lesser than life. Maybe he did in the physical, but not in the spiritual. He understood and encountered Jesus in ways I don't think any one of us maybe will have done. But he paid a price for that. You see, sometimes I think we read the stories of the great missionaries, the great people who've done amazing things for the kingdom of God, and we just want the, 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 the power and the miracles and the blessings and all that stuff. We love all that stuff. But there's a cost that has been paid to see that happen. The shadow healing people didn't just appear. There was a cost that was paid in that process. I want to say that God wants to move through our lives more than we could dare to dream or imagine. He, he wants to do uh, exploits through your life, in your home, and in your business, and in your place of work, and in your families, and your situations. But he's requiring us to take our stand to carry on what we know to be true, to, to open our mouth and be bold witnesses, to move in the things of His Spirit, to, to be His vessels empowered by Him. He needs our cooperation. We need to be aware of the cost that can be there. People will not always want that. There could be pushback, but that's okay. Because I want to say at the very end of my message, we know the end of the story. We know at the end of the story. I tell you, has anyone read the end of the story? I tell you what, if you wonder, what is this all going to turn out to be? Can I just encourage you today when you get home, read the last two chapters of the Bible. If you've not read anything else, if you think, I don't even know the Bible, just read the last two chapters of the Bible and you'll see a picture that will inspire you. You see, because even if the persecution, or even if the opposition, opposition lasts for a season or just for this period of time, I tell you what, it'll be worth it in the light of eternity when we see what the big picture is. It's worth it, guys. It's worth it to be a follower of Jesus. Now, I'm going to say it again. It's worth it to be a follower of Jesus. It's worth it. We're on the winning side. And no matter what the enemy would try to push at you and throw at you and, and try to discourage you, we are on a side that cannot be defeated. God has called you to step up, to carry on, to be his ambassadors today in this hour. In this moment of time, this is your hour. Can I just say, you won't give another, God will not give you another chance to live this life. We do not reincarnate to be here again. This is our one shot to carry on with what we know to be true. Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at infocenterchurch.uk or check out our website at www.center-church.uk